A lot to be excited about, a lot to be thankful for. And um, yeah, it's just great what God's doing amongst us. And I uh, just want to remind us, let's keep being a thankful church. Let's keep reminding each other to be thankful for all that God's doing, all that God's doing in each other's lives, all that he's doing amongst us as a church. This year we're working through the letter of Galatians uh, in the New Testament of the Bible uh, as a church. And the letter was written by a man named Paul to an area of churches in modern day Turkey. And if you remember back to last time, it's been a couple of weeks, Sean led us up to the end of chapter 1. And you might be thinking, great, we're finally getting into chapter 2. Maybe not, maybe not. No, I thought we're going to delve back into chapter 1. We're going backwards to go forwards. And uh, so we're going to have some more fun this morning in chapter 1. It's great. As we read the Bible, God speaks to us at different times and in different, through different verses. We can read one passage one day and then read it again the next day or read it again the next year and suddenly God brings something new uh, from that verse to us. It's not that the Bible's changed, it's not that its meaning's changed at all, but God just suddenly reveals things to us just as we need them, just at that, uh, that appropriate time for us. And so that's why we're going back into this passage because as I read it, I just thought, I'm just seeing something else and going, wow, God, that's really helpful. That's, that's really important for us as a church. As a believer, as we read the Word, as we read the Bible, we want to hear God's voice into our life. Fresh affirmation for today. Fresh insight into the character of God. That's why it's so important that we read the Word as individuals. Each day that we spend time and we manage to put time aside and just go, Lord, I just want to hear your voice. I just want to hear from you. I just want to know a bit more of what you're like. I'm needing fresh encouragement today. Sean looked specifically uh, at verse 15 where it says, but when God. What a fantastic phrase. That moment when God butted in where he changed the situation in our lives. The but when God moment, where the gospel, the good news of Jesus, was made known to us. And I want today to uh, look at something uh, linked to that, but also in those verses. And so let's turn, if you've got a Bible, to Galatians and chapter 1. And we're reading from verses uh, 11 to 24. Galatians 1 verse 11. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God, who set me apart from my, mother, from my mother's womb and called me by grace, he was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, 
my immediate response was not to consult any human being. I did not go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went into Arabia. Later, I returned to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Cephas and stay with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that what I am writing to you is no lie. That's good to know, isn't it? Then I went to Syria and Cilicia. I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report, the man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they praise God because of me. Let me pray. Father, we love you. Lord, thank you for that encouraging word earlier, Lord God, that you love us, that you, Father God, love us, that our hope is in you. Lord, I pray as we spend time just this morning looking at your word, as we spend time, Lord, uh, just enjoying and, and feasting on it, we pray, Lord, that each and every one of us would hear your voice. God, we're here to meet with you. We're here to encounter you afresh, Lord God. We're here to know you and know your presence. Lord, I pray for each and every one of us. Meet with us, Lord, as we, as we need you in different ways, Lord God. Meet with us in power, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. A friend of mine told me this story, and so I thought I had to steal it for this morning. He says, this happened to a couple who are close friends of my sisters in Guildford, not too far away. The wife's mother had her 80th birthday coming up. True story, okay, by the way, true story. Just to put it right out there, it's a true story. Not a lie, I'm not telling you a lie. The wife's mother had her 80th birthday coming up. The couple wanted to make it really special for mum. So they decided to book a long weekend away in New York. Taking in a Broadway show, they would all go together, the couple and mum. They booked the best hotel rooms, and at the time of mum's birthday, they set off on the trip from the UK. Once at the hotel, they were given rooms near each other, mum in one and the couple in another. The first full day, they spent acclimatizing to the city and going out shopping. They got back in the afternoon so they could rest and get ready for the Broadway show in the evening, and they arranged to meet mum in the lobby at a certain time. Mum got ready and left her room to go to the lobby at that given time. Their room was many floors up, and so she waited for the lift to arrive. She got in and she went down a couple of floors, and then it stopped. The doors opened, and two of the biggest men she'd ever seen in her life got into the lift and stood behind her. She was slightly intimidated, being a small 80-year-old, but nonetheless, she was okay. Before the doors of the lift closed, one of the men said to mum in a distinct, commanding American accent, excuse me for a moment, hit the ground. Mum, now intimidated and scared, slowly sank to her feet, to her knees, sorry. Immediately, the two men behind her put their hands on her shoulders and began to lift her up. One of the men, so apologetic, was saying, Ma'am, we're so sorry. We meant hit the ground floor button. 
They were dusting her off and making sure she was okay. They were highly embarrassed. And so was mum. And she was also a little shaken. When the lift got to the ground floor, they stood outside the lift for several minutes, making sure mum was okay and finding out about her. After some minutes and having made certain mum was going away all right, they all departed. Mum went and found her daughter and son-in-law and she told them all that had happened. They went out for dinner and uh, went on to the Broadway show, but the incident had left just a, a little disappointing taste to their trip. The next day came, the Sunday. They enjoyed a time out in Central Park and the city of New York, and they returned later in the afternoon and went again to rest and went up into their separate rooms, ready to get, uh, to get ready for dinner. After a minute, the daughter got a phone call from mum, asking her to come quickly to the room. What was going on now? Not knowing what this new situation was, daughter and son-in-law rushed to mum's room, hoping there was no emergency. When they entered the room, the mum was holding a Tiffany's box, a very high-class New York jewelers, jewelers, jewelers. It's tough, it's a tough word. She had it opened up, and inside was a gold and diamond necklace worth several thousand pounds. Mum was standing in amazement. None of them could believe it. The daughter took the card that was with the Tiffany's box and read it aloud. Ma'am, we are so sorry about what happened yesterday in the elevator. We hope the enclosed gift goes some way to making up for it. We hope you have an enjoyable remainder of your stay in New York and a safe trip home. Signed, Will Smith and Bodyguard. There we go. Amazing. The daughter shouts out, Mum, you know Will Smith. Mum says, who? And so if you're here this morning going, who on earth is Will Smith? You're not alone. He's a famous actor and singer. And uh, once they returned home, mum, every time she saw the Will Smith on TV, she said, oh, I know that lad. What, what a nice man. What a nice man. There we go. What an amazing story, hey? Here's the reality. We can spend our entire lives not knowing who is in the lift of our lives with us. Jesus is in the lift of our lives with us. Paul is saying in this passage in Galatians, you can think you know it all. You can study all of the books. You can be the biggest intellectual. You can have everyone tell you. You can sit in a church meeting after church meeting for decades. You can do all the right things, but it's worthless unless you've had a revelation of the grace and love of Jesus Christ. Unless you've met with him and allowed him to reshape your life, your entire outlook on life, we've missed the point. We can spend our entire lives in the lift with Jesus, not knowing who he is. Like that person, she's in the lift, she didn't even know who Will Smith is. We can spend the entire, our entire lives not knowing who Jesus is, and yet he's right next to us, offering us friendship. Being offered great spiritual treasures worth far more than diamonds and gold, and yet we can ignore who he is. 
And so this morning, I want to look at three points. I want to look at Jesus plus nothing. Can we put them up, Roger? First point is Jesus plus nothing. Second point is he's been revealed that we might share. And I want to thirdly look at the pleasure of God. Firstly then, Jesus plus nothing. The gospel, as we've heard on previous weeks in the series, is the only gospel. There isn't another one. There isn't another way to eternal life or an eternal peace. Our culture today tells us that believe what you want. Be who you want to be. Live how you want to live. But don't tell someone else how to live. Friends, let me be so clear this morning. Nothing, no one, no other religion No extra work or way you live your life is going to save you. Only revelation of Jesus can save. Only Jesus can rescue us. Only Jesus can forgive us our sins. Only Jesus can provide us eternal life. He can provide eternal peace and joy. I used to think, but yes, I I know that, but I chose God. I chose to follow him. I made the decision to follow him. But the truth is this. God opened my eyes in the first place. He opened my eyes to reveal who Jesus was. He opened my mouth that I could have the breath to choose him. It's all of God's doing. It's all of Jesus' doing. I didn't choose God first. He chose me. Your parents being Christians or your friend being a Christian or your grandparents being Christians didn't and doesn't save us. Paul says in verse 12, I did not receive it by human source, and I was not taught it. He writes at the beginning of Ephesians chapter 2, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. Paul's wanting to be clear, we all approach God through the same person, Jesus Christ. It's Jesus revealing himself to us, revealing our need for him, revealing his incredible grace and his great compassion That draws us into the riches of salvation. What it means is this. Firstly, we don't have have to have our life all figured out to become Christians. We don't have to have everything all ordered and sorted to suddenly become a Christian. Secondly, it means this. Jesus calls sinners. He calls those from the deepest, darkest times of life. And he calls us out by name to know him. The phrase Jesus plus nothing means that in order to be saved, you don't have to do anything else other than your life surrendered to Jesus. He takes us as we are. Friends, he takes us exactly as we are. Our warts and everything else with him. He takes us. He takes the messy relationships, takes the hurts and the pains, takes the job situation and finance situation, And doesn't wait for us to sort them out before accepting us. He takes us. He chooses us. And he starts to change us from the inside out. Paul also goes on to explain though he was zealous for the traditions of his ancestors. For religion, that wasn't enough. 
It can be so easy when it comes to change to say, well, that's how we've always done it. That's our tradition. That's the way we've done it for years, for decades. Traditions can be really lovely, but they can also be so dangerous. It's great this morning to welcome in a good number of new people, uh, sorry, new members. And uh, it's great that people are visiting us and wanting to join with us. People are being saved and added into us. But here's the danger. With new members and new people visiting and joining us all the time, there's a need for them to make friends, to build community and belong to us as Harvest Church. But we can be so tempted to stick in our small groups of friendships, of life groups, of our ministries and think that's the group that I'm friends with and I want to stay with them. And not welcome anyone else in. It's so sad when life groups, when, if, if, we're, if we're too full to add any more in, no, we want to be full. We want to be overflowing, that we're multiplying and adding more. We want it to be a life group, not a dead group. We see throughout the story of the Bible, God commissioning mankind to be fruitful and multiply. It's not just about having children. It's about living lives of fruitfulness, about multiplying in number and uh, in kingdom advancement. When I was 20 years old, I was asked to lead uh, a life group in my old church. And uh, we'd multiplied. We're, uh, I was in a group and we'd multiplied that we were big enough that we needed to stretch out into two rooms and uh, therefore two houses. And so I was asked to lead one. And my group was amazing. It, it ranged from a 19-year-old student all the way out to an 87-year-old. It was wonderful. It was a right mixed-age group full of married, single, widowed. It had it all. And I didn't really feel very able to lead the group. But one thing I knew is that we were called to be fruitful. We were called to grow as individuals in our walks with God. We were called to be fruitful, to grow as a group in caring for each other. We were called to be fruitful, to grow in number and multiply. My aim right from the beginning was to raise more leaders, grow in number, and multiply into two groups. You might think, that's a strange aim. Well, that was just what was in me. I, was like, I know I'm called to be fruitful and multiply and grow. About two years later, we'd gone from being 10 down to being 5 or 6, back up to being 18 in number. And it's really hard to fit 18 in a living room unless you've got a very, very large living room. And so we started to meet as two groups. Now, let me be, be honest. That was really hard because the people who led the new group, they were my best mates at the time. I hung out with them all the time. I was so loved meeting with them every week. I was like, this is great. I get to spend time with my friends every week. But they were called to lead. And so they led this new group. And then, I don't know whether in my wisdom or foolishness, I... Uh, I said, you take some of the best people in our group, some of those who contribute all the time, because I wanted them to do well. I wanted them to grow, and, and I wanted them to, to multiply again themselves. And so they took the biggest contributors from my group, and they took them all, and suddenly my group, I was left without my best friends, and I was left without all the people who contributed. And we diminished slightly, but then we grew again. And we grew and we grew and we got to a stage where we were ready to multiply again. 
Traditions can be really helpful. Singing old hymns can be really great as they remind us of great truth and of memories of special meetings or special seasons in our life. I love some of the old hymns. But singing old songs can also mean that our children and our youth, maybe new believers, can feel left out because they don't know the songs. That can be true for any song. Running a ministry because we've always done it isn't a reason to keep running it. Is it fruitful? Is it revealing Jesus to people? Have we got faith for it? Are we helping people to meet Jesus, to encounter him, to be changed and made fruitful by him? Paul's saying that he lived for traditions. He was extremely zealous for traditions. But what really mattered? A revelation of Jesus. Meeting and knowing Jesus day by day. It it changed everything for Paul. It changed absolutely everything for him. He suddenly went from being zealous for traditions to being zealous for Jesus. To meeting him, to helping others to meet with him, to know him. Friends, it's Jesus plus nothing that saved us. And we want to keep coming back to that again and again and again. We don't want to keep traditions for the sake of it. We want fresh revelation of Jesus each day. We want fresh revelation of Jesus today. Secondly, revealed to share. Let me read verses 15 to 16 again. But when God who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, my immediate response was not to consult any human being. Paul's saying that God revealed himself. He revealed Jesus to him. For what purpose? To preach the gospel to the Gentiles. That's to the non-Jews. That's probably most of us in this room. As I read this and took this in, I thought, is this specific to Paul? Well, yes, it's a very specific purpose to Paul that God gave him. But is it any different for any of us too? Has not God revealed himself to us, to each and every one of us, that we might share him, share the good news of who he is with others? Yes, wholeheartedly yes. Friends, if you're a new Christian, if you've started to follow Jesus in the last couple of years, let me encourage you. You don't need to wait until you're a 10-year-old Christian before sharing him with others. You can do it today. Go for it. It's your mission now. It's what God calls you to do today. Friends, if you've been a Christian for 20 or 30 or 50 years or many, many more, I won't embarrass you by asking or to put hands up, We never get too old for this or too mature. We never reach a stage where I'm I'm too mature now to share Jesus with others. I'm too mature to share the gospel. No, if anything, more is expected of us. We all have to give. We all have something that God's put inside of us, a story of his revelation to us that wants to burst out of us. Look at the parable of the talents. Jesus said, He talked about the parable of the talents and said, to those who have been given more, more is expected. We want to, for those of us who maybe known Jesus for many, many years, we've got more to give. We can share out of the decades of knowing Jesus. God's revealed himself that we might share him with others. That's always been his plan. 
Psalm 105 verse 1 says, Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make him known among the nations what he has done. Isaiah 45 verse 22 says, Turn to me, God says, and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. As a follower of Jesus, it's his grace and love that has been revealed to us. They've been revealed for a purpose, not to book a ticket in heaven, but to be in relationship with God now, for all eternity, to be fruitful now, for all eternity, to share him with others now. And if you're anything like me, you might at that moment be gulping. And really? I've got to share? In my fearful way, I think... I can get so scared about sharing Jesus with others. I can suddenly go, what if they turn around and just shout abuse at me or something? Most people don't. They really don't. But we get in our mind, don't we? That actually someone's going to react really, really bad. We're called to be faithful. We're called to share him. I loved it last Sunday. Just an opening, just a small little opening with my neighbor. Just say, by the way, I go to church. Just, I mean, that's not a big deal to say, but it felt a big deal for me. Just an opening. Just an opening. We want to share Jesus with others. God would remind us that he's with us and that he's calling us to be followers, not left behind us, not dragging our feet as, not retired and just waiting for heaven, but fruitful now. As a church, we want to see Hundreds of lives transformed. Amen? How are we going to do it? By sharing the revelation that we've had of Jesus with others. Maybe you're thinking, I can't share much because I've forgotten how Jesus revealed himself to me. It felt like such a long time ago that I can't remember now. If that's the case, let me encourage you. Ask for a fresh revelation today. Ask Jesus to reveal himself again to you today. Pray for a fresh power and passion for his name. Pray to be fruitful again. God has revealed himself to us that we might share him with others. Thirdly, and you'll be pleased to know this is a shorter point. The pleasure of God. But when God who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace was pleased was pleased to reveal his son in me. Friends, just a very quick final point. God loves to reveal himself. He loves to reveal himself. He loves to reveal himself in our lives. He loves to reveal himself to those who don't yet know him. He loves to show his love and grace and power to us. God loves to reveal Jesus to us. His character of mercy, and of passion for the nations and the lost, of passion for his church, of his desire to make us fruitful. If you're feeling dry in God this morning, if you're feeling far off, if you're feeling like, I, I can't remember what it, what it feels like to know a touch from God. If you come out of harvest, if you come to harvest out of duty, or because you're on a rota, know this, God loves to reveal himself to you. His desire today is to reveal himself to you. It might not be how you expect, but he loves. He's always wanting to speak. 
always wanting to come and reveal himself to us. He takes pleasure in not only revealing himself, but then filling you with the fullness of himself. Joy, peace, love, and so much more. Reach out to him. Let him. Ask him today for a fresh touch, for our eyes to be opened again to who he is. Such an encouraging word from Aaron earlier. The Father loves you. Just let that sink in again today. The Father loves you. There is hope. I loved it when Aaron said that. I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. (laughs) There is hope. There's hope. This morning, I want to ask us to respond in two ways. And it's this. It's to repent and it's to pray. Repent means more than to say sorry. It means to do a U-turn. To turn from what, how we were living and to turn to God's way of living. As we repent, God wants to cover us in his grace. He wants to come and restore us again into the fullness of who we're called to be. He wants to refill us with his love and power. And three areas that I want to call us to repent in are these. Firstly, repent of unfruitfulness in our lives, of not letting God grow and make us fruitful. Second is this. I want to encourage us to repent of not sharing him with others, of holding on to this gospel for ourselves. And the third thing is this. Repent of not desiring more of God. Now, this is an individual decision, an individual choice. I just felt as I was preparing this, There's something very powerful about repenting. There's something that God just, he loves it when we turn away from living for ourselves and turn away from living lives for other things and we turn ourselves towards him and we acknowledge it and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I want to turn and I want to turn into and embrace all that you've got. I'm going to be repenting with whoever else wants to as well. So just to encourage you in that. The second thing is this, is to pray. To pray and say, Lord, make me fruitful. As an individual, make me very fruitful. As a church, make us very fruitful. Second thing is this, pray for boldness to share the revelation of Jesus in our lives with others. Pray for boldness, even this week. Say, Lord, Give me boldness, I pray. Give me your boldness that I might share you with others. Do you know, as we share Jesus with others, we get built up ourselves. We suddenly get a fresh revelation of Jesus ourselves. As we declare truth, we suddenly get fresh revelation of Jesus ourselves. And thirdly, pray. Pray for a fresh touch from God today. We each, I'm sure, need a fresh touch from God. A fresh sense of his power, of his presence with us. Why don't you just where you are, just close your eyes just for a moment. What's God speaking to you personally about this morning? Is there anything that he's calling you to repent from and pray for?
Is there any area of your life where you just think, yeah, that's just, I'm just really lacking in being fruitful there. I'm, I'm, I need a fresh touch from God in my life in that area, in my marriage, in the life group that I lead. In my workplace, I'm, I just feel so dry and sharing Jesus there with my neighbours or my family. It's not really an area where you just know, oh, God, I, just, I really need a fresh touch from you. Just reach out to him where you are right now. Father, we thank you that you love to reveal yourself. We thank you, Lord God, that we don't have to earn our way into your good books for you to reveal yourself. We don't have to do anything special or commit ourselves to so many church meetings or reading the Bible so many times, Lord God, for you to reveal yourself and to pour your love out on us, Lord God. Thank you, that's, that's the gift of your grace, Lord, that you choose us and you reveal yourself to us because you love us. But Lord God, I thank you that as you call us, you call us to then be fruitful as well. And I pray for each and every one of us. I pray this morning, Lord God, we want to repent, Lord God, of where we're not being fruitful, Lord. We want to repent where we've got caught up in living for ourselves, Lord God, and, and living for our own ways. And we say, Lord, we're sorry. God, forgive us. Change us, Lord God. Give us your fresh vision again, Lord God. Make us very fruitful as individuals and as a church, Lord God. Holy Spirit, I pray, come and do your work amongst us where we've neglected you and where we've not allowed you in. Holy Spirit, you are so welcome in this church. Come and do what you want to do amongst us. Come in power. God, we need a fresh touch of you today, Lord. We need a fresh touch for our families, Lord, for our marriages, Lord, for, for those who are single, Lord God, and struggling in that. God, we need a fresh touch. God, for our children, Lord God, they need a fresh touch, Lord God, for our workplaces, Lord God, and our neighbours. Oh God, break in, Lord God. You've revealed yourself to us that we might share you with others. Now, Lord God, we pray, fill us with your spirit that we might know boldness to share you, Lord God. You did it for your early disciples, Lord God. We say, do it again in us, Lord. Do it again in us, Lord God. Give us that we would be known as a church that are bold, courageous. Oh God, do it in me, Lord. Do it in me. Start with me, Lord. Make us very fruitful, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here this morning and uh, maybe you've been walking through life and you've never known Jesus, I want to go back to that story again at the beginning. Jesus has been in the lift the whole time and he's waiting for you to recognize him. He's waiting for you to come to him. He offers treasures beyond what you could know in, in eternity. And he's offering it this morning. And I just want to encourage you, if that's you, and you say, Lord, I want to know this Jesus this morning, would you, as we finish, would you just come down to the front, and myself and Andrew, uh, or Sean, we'd love to just spend time talking with you and, and praying for you, praying for you to meet with God. The second thing is this, 
If you're here this morning and you just go, I really would love someone to pray for me, just for a fresh touch from God. I'm feeling so dry. I need a fresh touch. You are so welcome to come down the front and we would love to pray for you as well. Or to come, pray, ask the person next to you to pray for you. It doesn't have to be one of the leaders. Just make sure you're prayed for. Make sure you encounter God afresh this morning. Friends, hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. Thank you for being here this morning. Those who have joined in to us and been welcomed into membership, you are such a great part of us and we're thrilled to have you with us. We hope that you are very fruitful in your time as part of Harvest Church. Tea and coffee and refreshments are served out in the cafe and uh, we'll see you soon.